Hey, how's it going? It's Rick Daniels with the Rick Daniels Podcast, and welcome back. And in a few moments, we'll get to Cody Allen, who is a multi-level, multi-talented, multimedia personality. He primarily works for CMT Network, Country Music Television. He's a star on social media, and of course, he's got a couple of radio shows. He's like the Ryan Seacrest of country music radio and TV as well. So we'll get to Cody in just a moment. Now, we've got some updates here. Um, we've got a refreshed section, a refreshed podcast section at onairwithrick.com. Go there now to see previous episodes. And you can also connect with me on social media. I've got my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Again, at onairwithrick.com. A special thanks to Spreaker, which is our podcast uh, platform provider, Spreaker. I'm telling you, if you're looking to get into podcasting, these guys are amazing. They'll get you listed on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, all the big platforms you need to be on to have a successful podcast. Check it out, Spreaker.com, one of our fine sponsors of the Rick Daniels Podcast. And let's get right to it. Cody Allen on the Rick Daniels Podcast. It's the Rick Daniels podcast, and uh, you know I've got Cody Allen on. And let me tell you something. I'm probably older than Cody. We might be the same age. I'm not sure, but Cody, from a radio perspective, is somebody that I've looked up to for quite a long time. Uh, he was one of the first country radio and TV personalities already accomplished in those fields to really embrace social media. And I'll be honest, Cody, I've kind of copied you the last 10 years or so. Well, I thank you for the kind words, first of all. And, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I I definitely, if I'm anything, I'm a trailblazer. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely saw that social media was a growing uh, thing, uh, you know, whenever uh, people said Twitter years ago. And I, uh, I actually remember getting to CMT and having to explain Twitter to people. And, of course, now Twitter is like a... It's a, a household word. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, yeah, it really has come a long way, huh? Social media, crazy. Yeah, and you know, uh, I've I've watched you for a long time now, uh, and you, you've uh, this is kind of an inside joke between the two of us. You kind of dabble in things. You like, <laughs> I feel like you experiment first with with new platforms and new ways of doing things, including embracing video long before anybody else really did. Um, that that's another compliment I'd like to throw out. I love your use of video and yeah, how you, you incorporate that into it's it. You're not in serious mode all the time when you're on social media. It's kind of like you're a whole different personality than you are on TV and radio. I feel like, so you kind of, you've kind of evolved on both, both ends of those spectrums there. Just tell me about what that journey has yeah. been like so far. Well, if anything, I am, like you said, I'm a trailblazer and a dabbler and I um, stand by <laughs> both of those. Uh, characteristics um, uh, strongly. I love being both those things, especially the dabbling. Uh, who doesn't love to dabble? Um, so, no, I, I seriously <laughs> do a lot of things. Like, I, I uh, we try to you know, get great moments and then spread those moments out over everything that I, I do, be it radio or TV, like you're mentioning, or, you know, to all these social media, you know, platforms that we have now to uh, put little uh, tidbits or little morsels, little nuggets of um, 
of, of content so people will want to either go to the radio shows and hear more or go to our website and see more or uh, check us out on Facebook for more. I mean, all these things kind of uh, cross-pollinate cross themselves, and it's kind of exciting that way. So I'm lucky also, Rick, to be honest with you, I have a really good team of people here at CMT like who help me. So um, I, I'm just really blessed to have people who also like make all those magic moments that you, you enjoy um, happen. So I, I really will, I will pass along your compliments to the rest of our group because it's, uh, it takes a village, truly. Awesome. So everybody gets their start. And some of us are lifers in radio, like me. I don't have a face for TV like you do. Um, so, so, well, I never thought I had a face for TV either. Um, oh, stop it. You've got a face for TV. You know it. Come on, man. Come on. I really, I really <laughs> did not think that I was cut out for TV. Um, yeah. uh, it took people telling me that to make me believe it. Yeah. Um, and that is the honest truth. I just thought I was... I, all I wanted to do was radio, and since I was a kid, I mean, yeah. um, I remember being eight, nine years old in my room, you know, pretending to be on the radio. You and I are I best friends now, because that's how I started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally, I think there's something in, like, the genes and DNA of people like you and I who just want to be broadcasters, and I, right. um, I did go through a phase where I thought I wanted to be a TV weatherman. Um, no way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I went through that phase, too. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Something's wrong with us, I yeah. think. Um, and then I wanted to be Oprah for a little while. Um, and I, mm, uh, I don't and know I about that be Ar- one. <laughs> I wanted to be Arsenio Hall for a bit. Okay. So, you know, to some degree, I, I've kind of gotten to do a lot of the things that I dreamed of as a kid. And yeah. I'm really lucky that way. But, um, no, I definitely early on felt the hunger to be on radio and um I'm so thrilled every day to open the mic and do it over and over again. It's it's awesome. So uh, past the what I call the preschool radio days, yeah. we all we all go through that. Where uh-huh. did you get your start, and, and and where did you get your first break? Um, I was 15. I went to the station that was close to my house because I had gotten the keys to my parents' car. By the, you know, I could drive, and um, and I went in and told the general manager that I wanted to. Um, I went to learn about radio, and it would it be okay if I hung out at the radio station? <laughs> That's basically what I, my pitch. And um, he was cool enough to say, sure, and you can help this summer. And so it was the summertime, so I helped at the radio station. Someone got sick on an overnight shift, and they called me and said, hey, do you want to come in and, um, and work tonight and do this uh, you know, shift uh, on air? And, I, of course, I was thrilled because I was 15 years old, and, like, it was all I – dreamed of for years. So um, I did a, a shift on air that night, and I guess I wasn't terrible because they asked me to start doing weekends, and then that grew into weekdays, and, you know, it just kind of skyrocketed yeah. from there and, and took off. But, um, yeah, so I, I got really lucky really young, but I, I felt like I was just so hungry and passionate about it that I worked really hard at it, and I, um, you know, I guess I impressed people along the way that... Uh, kept kept me uh, kept me coming into the radio station. And allowed me to work and make money doing it. So. I think I think you and I are twins because I have a very similar story. I started at the age of fifteen only because from age thirteen to fifteen, I bugged the living dog shit out of that local radio station <laughs> in my in my town. The GM, yeah, like you stated. Fortunately, I I got lucky and there was a GM in the building. Uh, his name was Ron. Ron said, you know what, we, this kid has no life. We got to give him somewhere to go after school. 
and I actually any type of job shadowing program my right. my junior high offered or my high school offered any type of program or any excuse to be in that radio station I was in yeah. there for my fifteenth birthday. They that, that was my you, present. Though. It sounds like they were just sympathetic and like yes. this kid needs a home. Yeah, he needs a <laughs> <laughs> so right. my. So, so for my 15th birthday, that was my birthday present uh, in October of 1995. They hired me as a birthday present to be a part-time board operator, <laughs> not even on uh, air. Uh, yeah. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And so what did you run as a board op? Like the uh, syndicated shows? Like do you run like Bob Kingsley or? Well, I, uh, uh, we had a country station in the building. I was not allowed in that room. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because because I wasn't ready, obviously, and and I agree, I probably wasn't. Uh, so my first job was to. Uh, I grew up in a part of Southern Indiana, which is not far from Nashville. Yeah, right. Where it's half Cardinals, half Cubs fans there. So <laughs> our AM station carried both. We carried. Now the, I would argue there were more Cardinals fans because we we're closer right. to St. Louis. So we carried the Cardinals live, not because there's more fans, because Jack Buck, you could just never predict what he was going to do when he was going to take a break, because back then it was all live, you know, yeah. uh, and you had to wait for that network cue. Um, so Jack Buck was really unpredictable, so we had to carry that live because the Cubs were a little more organized with their broadcast, so we would take right. delay that. So I would spend, uh, I don't know if you've, listen to a Cardinals game when Jack Buck has done it, but that game could go for eight hours. Uh, so I would get done with that game, and then I would play the Cubs game on tape delay, and I would be at that station 14, 15 hours a day. Easy. Wow. Uh, and I had to be against child labor laws back then, but right. I didn't care. Uh, yeah. so, and Jack Buck, by the way, isn't he the father of Joe Buck, who yes. we see on Fox every week on football games? Yes, yes, and, uh, that's you know, correct. Calls baseball games himself. Like probably one of the best. I think one of the best TV sportscasters there is, Joe Buck. Yeah, it's Joe's, so crazy how yeah. the son and the father. You know, it's like it's like John Adams and John Quincy Adams kind of stuff, where yeah. that happens on occasion, where uh, father and son sort of follow in footsteps. I got to tell you, like my dad was a huge music fan, and. He really uh, introduced me to so much music as a child, and because he loved music, he also loved radio. So he mm-hmm. was never on air, uh, but he always like aspired to be. And you know, when you're a parent, you got to provide. So my dad worked a lot of jobs that um, you know just to make money and get by, help help the family and and feed all this. And so he never really got to live his dream. So to some degree, I always felt like I was living a little of my dad's dream. Uh, in pursuing radio and being a broadcaster, and even still, I think he, it's a, a cool thing for him to like see me sort of like do what I think he really wanted to do. So, d- does it ever like? Do you? I don't know if you have a similar feeling, but does it ever feel weird to call yourself a broadcaster? Like to this day, I just every time I say that like to someone, it's great being a. a I, I almost like downplay it. I'm like, I'm just a, a radio, like a radio guy that yeah, I get to talk on the radio. Like, it feels weird to call yourself a broadcaster, but yeah, that's really what you are yeah. at all levels. It, yeah, I don't think it means anything to you know, like this new generation. I right. mean, it, it does sound like a dated word, like it's. Um, but I do feel like that best describes a lot of like everything I do. But I do think you're right. Like, I guess because I'm talking to you, I feel comfortable because I feel like you get it. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> and perhaps shop. The, the listeners to your podcast are also like, you know, radio dorks like me and you. So, um, 
uh, although I think you're a lot cooler than I am. I do feel like I'm kind of a dork. No, about no. But, <laughs> no, I, but seriously, I do feel like that word, uh, you're, you're right, it kind of, I don't know if it, it for me it, it says what I mean, but I think for, uh, you know, the new generation, it might be cooler just to say, yeah, I'm a guy who talks on the radio or, you know, I'm a, a guy who hosts TV things or host, even host to me sounds like, a, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so earlier today, because we're taping this on Thursday, this will be out Saturday, by the way, listeners, uh, was watching online today the uh, Troy Gentry memorial service at the Opry. Uh, you, you got any cool stories to share about Troy Gentry and, and your experience in Nashville? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, so many. I mean, just a couple of years ago, Montgomery Gentry and I went to um, the uh, military base in Kentucky uh, to play for the troops there. Uh, you know, a couple times a year, I get the privilege of going to uh, uh, meet, you know, some of our men and women at a base somewhere around the country. I, I've done, um, I did one in Seattle, I, uh, I guess last year, the year before. I, I mentioned the one in Kentucky with Montgomery Gentry. I also went to Bahrain last December um, and visited the troops there on that the naval base. Uh, out of Bahrain, uh, so, you know, halfway around the world, well, completely around the world, not halfway. Um, and that was, like, an incredible experience. But to go to Kentucky, and the guys from Montgomery Gentry always uh, recognize um, our troops in all their shows. And yeah. uh, so it was, uh, that's my favorite memory, for sure, uh, of just of, of those, of Troy and, and uh, Eddie. Uh, just, uh, you know, it's so sad, I, that whole story, and, you know, we're learning more about it day by day, that you know, he just kind of on a whim got got in that helicopter. Uh, it's just so tragic, and I, you know, my heart really you know uh, breaks for his family. Uh, so just a um, you know such a such a terrible thing. It's got to be hard on Eddie too. He's he's had a yeah. a long history of loss. Uh, so yeah, I, I I've uh, got to I got to meet those two in my hometown of Evansville, Indiana, many many years ago. I got to do a meet and greet with those guys, and you could just tell. Uh, especially Troy, uh, just a just a genuine. He, he's just one of those guys that you know. He the moment you meet him, he's just a real dude. Yeah. Uh, n- n- nothing, in, no skeletons in the closet. Just it's what you see is what you get. And from what I heard, he's a big prankster too, uh, <laughs> on the road. So uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to see Vince Gill uh, get on stage and and do. Um, do a couple of songs. I think Charlie Daniels did one as well. It's really cool how the, this genre, the country music, just comes together, yep. uh, even in, in sad times like this. And it's just, it really feels like a close-knit family. You're there in the action. So uh, just tell me what it's like to work in this genre and how rewarding has it been as, all these years? It really is awesome. People are great in Nashville. It really is sort of a Certainly a growing uh, city that feels big when you're downtown, but the truth is you drive 10 minutes and you're in a, a field of cows. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the country's not very far from uh, from downtown. And so uh, it's definitely a small town um, in that way. Um, and so it, it does feel like you're all kind of connected through music um, when you live here. And, um, you know, people often ask me in these interviews, like, who's not nice? Like, people want dirt. They want to know gossip and stuff, and I always am at a loss for that because everyone, and I mean this, is genuinely nice in yeah. country music. Like everyone is, they're really as cool as they seem. And um, you know, there's an occasional cat fight or something you hear about, but for the most part, like 
people are really great in this genre. So, you right. know, I feel privileged to wake up every day and be a part of it. So, um, you know, I, I, most listeners will not pay attention to this, but you know, being a dork, radio dork I am, uh, how do you sleep? Like, you've got <laughs> two radio shows. You've got yeah. uh, your CMT stuff. You've got a countdown show, which is seems to be heavily promoted on the network. Uh, and then you, you've got your hands on some other things. How, how, just tell me, <laughs> what is it like to be Cody Allen every day? Do you have time to even eat lunch? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, first of all, wake, when you wake up and love what you do, it doesn't ever seem like work. So, yeah. I mean, I do work a lot, So, but I never feel like I work at all, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do get tired sometimes, but I, I, um, I love every minute of it, so in the creation of these projects and doing these shows and talking to artists and um, creating new content for the website or whatever it is, or social media, like it's, um, it's awesome, all of it. So I, I never feel like I work, even though I do work a lot. But I'll tell you that um, I mentioned that really good team of people. <laughs> they help me out a lot, and they help to um, plan and prepare things so that I can um, – uh, do all those things, hopefully, to the best of my, you know, as best I can. Um, and, uh, and we also really watch the calendar really well and try to pad. Like if we're taping, a, you know, a Hot 20 show somewhere at a festival, then we prepare ahead of time. We know how that affects the radio shows, and we sort of make the calendar work in sort of this big, gigantic matrix of events right. like the you know outlook microsoft outlook on steroids on my wall <laughs> right now so uh but that's how we kind of do it it's just it is a matter of planning but also um having great people and loving what you do so i want to ask you about the cma nominations uh, some heads turn this year now I, I that's what they're saying i feel like every year someone's going to get left out uh, but this year, the one that really caught my attention was Jason Aldean did not get any nominations. Um, and I think he's had a terrific year. He, the, the guy always has a great yep. year. So just maybe I would like some insight on how you felt like maybe the nominations went this year as far as a directional standpoint. Are they trying to maybe bring in a new core of artists? Uh, really early, or like mm. th- th- that's my take. Is I feel like they're trying to push a bunch of new artists this year, uh, which is going to leave some people out. How do you feel about the nominations this year? Well, what new artists do you see there that are new? I mean, Jason as well. well in the- Brothers Osborne would be one that that was kind of I know that caught me a little by surprise. Yeah. Because I don't think they've had as big a year as some of the other artists that were left out. Like Blake Shelton was left out. Yeah. Um, Do do, do you feel like maybe some of those were more deserving or not? I mean, what's your take on all that? I mean, look, I I feel like for every one person that's nominated for any award, there's like at least five others who deserve it as well. Yeah, gotcha. (laughs) And that's the truth about country music. I think there are lots of people who always get left out, and it's, um, you know, some of it, is definitely industry politics. Okay. There's no debating that. And so um, when a when a Blake Shelton's left out, it's yeah, it's wrong. He's I had a Carrie, great year. Carrie Underwood is left out. I mean, I, I love Carrie, and I hate there's no female nominated for Entertainer of the Year. Um, you know, that's kind of weird to me. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, you know, I, if it, you're saying that someone's got some sort of conspiratorial agenda, they're working to meet to maneuver certain names to the top. I don't know about that. I just think it's more about like groups, industry, politics, record companies, right. um, all kind of or management all piling their votes in one way, and therefore. Um, the top five are the top five, and sometimes, unfortunately, even the very talented are left off the list. And I think there's always people that I go, "What? How, yeah. how does that not? How does that happen?" Because <laughs> you're right about Aldine. I mean, look, he's always great, and um, he's one of my favorites. I mean, talk about consistency. Like every song, I, it's clearly him, and um, you know a Jason Aldine song when you hear one, and. Um, uh, same for Blake. I mean, you know, these are, and I always feel like Keith Urban. I mean, I know he's nominated this year uh, a bunch, which is so well deserved. But um, I, I don't. I'm, I may be wrong, but I feel like the last show he was nominated a bunch, and then he didn't win. And I'm like, right. eh, yeah. he should win more because <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think he's that good. Um, but again, it goes back to my point at the beginning: is that I think there's a lot of people who are always left off these lists, and. Um, and it doesn't mean like uh, it doesn't mean anything. It just means um, there's a top five. <laughs> so, do you is there anybody on this list this year that you think is just going to run away with a bunch of awards that maybe people won't necessarily have in mind right now? Oh, uh, that's I don't think so. I, it, to me, this year's CMA nominations looked very predictable. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think it was that new or fresh and i felt like i felt the opposite maybe of what we said in the beginning and that is that um there's the same names to me i would love to see some different names pop up in there too uh, like i'd love to see kelsey ballerini in there for female vocalist um which i think is great i think we need fresh voices yeah um um uh, I would love to see, you know, Dan and Shay are great. <laughs> They're great. They put out great radio hits, and I love those guys, and I would love to see them um, win because I think they're great, fresh faces in country music. And, um, and you know, I, 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 but at the same time, i got to say, like, I love seeing Rascal Flatts in there. Those guys talk about consistency again. Like, these guys continue to figure out a way to get it done, and, um, and I always pull for them. So, but I pull for almost everybody. That's my problem. Rick, I mean, when it comes right down to it, I love them all, and I love them all for different reasons. It's like picking yeah. out your favorite kid. You just can't do it. And I, um, and I really pull for all those artists, because I, I, for, for whatever reason, I'm, maybe I'm a glass half full and very positive person, because I, I think I typically am. I, can find, I kind of find good in everything and everybody and yeah. every song, um, which makes me really I have a hard time deciding who's going to win what in those categories. <laughs> so for the 50th, you know, they had somewhat of a disappointing year ratings-wise. You know, it was yeah. down slightly. And when I was watching the awards last year, I normally live-tweet the awards like everybody else does. And one thing I was noticing with a lot of the comments, a lot of the country fans that, that you know, I would say are consistent country – like people I've yeah. talked to on the platform a lot, they're not really that biased – were the opinion they weren't a big fan of the collaborations what's your take on that with the award show yeah i i think the collaboration thing is awesome i love and by the way cmt props to cmt who whatever 20 years 15 years ago created the whole collaboration thing with crossroads i mean yeah that was the first time we saw like country music mixed up with pop or rock music a rock musician singing a country music song or vice versa country music 
musician singing a rock song on television was on Crossroads. So that all started years ago, and, and it seeped into the CMT Music Awards we do every June, and then you know now it's just showing up all, everywhere. And so I think to some degree, I love to see those people kind of those worlds collide, but I think it sometimes is overkill, um, and yeah. you can have, only have so much of it. And um, and you know it was, it was very collaboration heavy last year, certainly. Yeah. Um, one last thing, because we've got just a few minutes left. I know you're on a tight schedule. So, you know, big news with you this year. Um, you, you've, you've come out, man, and, and I, I think it's wonderful. I think it's great, man. Just t- tell me a little bit about that. What, what yeah. has, it, do you feel different after the fact, or is it just you being you? Well, I'm just happy that I could tell the world that I am a country music fan and come out about that news uh, yeah. and let everyone know. Uh, the truth. <laughs> how, how's how's the reception been so far? Good, bad, in between? Um, it's been great, actually. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't feel any different at all. I, I just, you know, I wanted to say it because I think it's important to um, to be who you are, um, yeah. to be real. Um, you know, when I when you do what you and I do, and um, every day you are making connections with people on air. Um, if you're not being authentic, then I think, you know, you're missing part of what your job is. Um, and I, I, was, Amen. I, I felt <laughs> like I needed to make a better connection with the audience by just letting them know this part of me. And not that it really changed any of my interviews, not that it really changed anything I do on the air, but just so that people were able to know that, okay, he's honest. Yeah. And that's what it really came down to for me was honesty. Like I wanted to be real and be honest and not feel like I had to second guess with the audience who I was ever. And, um, you know, it's been awesome because since then I've heard from so many people who um, would you, are, just say just that, like, hey, man, I'm so happy you're you and that you're real and that um you are uh, the transparent, genuine person that you are. And yeah. I don't know, some, I think people have really connected with that whole, my whole story, be it, you know, it's not necessarily a gay thing. Maybe it's just like uh, the fact that you're up, up front and you're willing to like lay the cards on the table. And I think there's something that it, when you're vulnerable, <laughs> people, um, I think, respond to that. Like anytime uh, you connect with the audience on your radio shows or your podcast, Rick, I'm sure that so the, the the biggest response is often from something you share about your own life. And yeah. um, that's the case with me. It always has been. I've always shared, you know, my story and my kids and being married and being divorced. And I've talked about all that stuff on the air. And then this just was the next thing I needed to, like, reveal because I felt like it needed to be said. And, um, and by the way, it was also met with lots of um, positivity from a ton of people in country music and in the industry. And yeah. from Toby Keith to Carrie Underwood and just a bunch of uh, Dirk Bentley, a bunch of people who I adore um, and who I've known for, you know, people I've interviewed and known for a long time. So yeah. I just appreciate all those people kind of speaking up whenever I came out. They didn't have to. And, um, and they did. And it was, um, it was moving. And it was a, it's been a great experience um, uh, since. So, um, yeah, uh, it's awesome. Well, it makes me, when I saw the announcement, the, the the thought that came to my mind was, man, I just, I admire that guy more than I did previous because, you know, it's like you said, it's all about having a genuine personality. And 
that's what connects with people more than anything. You can't you can't just be not who you are these days because people see right through it, I think. Uh, but for you, it, it, that's a positive thing, man. I love it. I, I know on my show, I make it no secret, I've got bipolar disorder. And most people, that's just a known thing. And I've had a lot of listeners come up and say, you know what? I struggle with that too. I'm so glad that you know you, you, you say something about it you don't have to make a big deal about it. Just say, this is who I am and this is what I am. And, and I think people are, are going to always embrace you with open arms. So my hat's off yeah. to you, man. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's uh, yeah. for, from people with stories since, you know, I came out. Like, obviously, there's been some people who said, well, I, I can relate to exactly how you feel. But I also, I've heard mm. from people who just wanted to get honest about something. You know, one yeah. woman wrote to me and said, hey, I, I'm going to go tell my family now about a a child I gave gave up for adoption 20 years ago that I've never told anyone about. Like people, we all have things. We all have secrets or yeah. things about ourselves that um, venting releases that energy and, and allows other people to um, feel and understand and uh, get you better. And um, whenever any of us become vulnerable like that, um, I used to think it, it would be terrible, but now I thought I've come to understand that it's it's a great and wonderful thing when we open up and let some of that out. And yeah. um, that's what I was trying to do. It's like a release, you yeah. know, makes you even more free than you were before. So good stuff, man. One last question. You're <laughs> a very accomplished person. So what's something <laughs> you haven't done yet that's like, doesn't even have to be a bucket list item. It could be Ooh. as simple as taking a drink of something you've never done before. What's one thing that's been in your mind lately that you want to accomplish or do? And uh, you just tell me more about that. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I would like to at some point be on Dancing with the Stars. Mm. Um, so <laughs> that's pre- that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm really joking. Um, no, oh. I would like to. Uh, I, I think I would like to do some one of those reality shows at some point before it's all before all this dies down. <laughs> yeah. I and I and I I love Big Brother. Um, I love really. Uh, I love reality shows that sort of trap you for hours. Um, you know, really juicy ones. I don't know if you watch Big Brother, but I love that one. I, yeah. I think like sur- like The Amazing Race or Survivor. I want to do one of those shows. Okay. I want to be a contestant. I want to. I don't want to host. I just want to be like a contestant on one of those shows. That would be really fun to me. Um, how and, does know, something like that work? Do you just reach out to somebody? Do you have to apply? Like, how does that I, really I don't work? Know. I think I. My problem is I have too many things going on right now, so I can't take off like two months to do it or whatever. Um, so at some point, whenever I see a window, I need to just I need to just do it, don't I? Like, yeah. Just, I mean, I know that I know some people in CMT. You know, there's probably executives here who know people who could get me into whatever show. But um, yeah, that's. I think that's what I want to do next. I want to do one of those things before before it's too late. You could maybe reach out to somebody at CMT and say, hey, let's create a reality show called Being Cody. It would probably make your head spin. Yeah, I, I, that's just what I need. More of another show. Uh, all that, yeah, that would be really fun. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've, we've thought about, and, you know, we've done a few things along those lines. I just, uh, maybe one day it'll work out and be the right fit. It just hasn't felt 
right yet, but maybe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. I'll work on my dance moves. I'll work on my samba. All right. Hey, if you tweet me a video of you doing that, I will retweet. <laughs> I'd love to see that, man. <laughs> I should. Um, have you seen my fighter video um, dancing? It's fantastic. What What um, is that now? The fighter video with uh, Keith Urban and Carrie Underwood. Uh, you've probably seen the video by now on uh, CMT and stuff. But it's um, you know, it's like the the girl with the hoodie on and the Converse dancing around like in an alley. How have I, how have I not seen this yet? I, I don't okay. know what this is. Well, this is like the the actual video has the girl doing it, but we did like a parody video with me dancing in an alley, and it's awesome. So I tell you what, I will it, today's Throwback Thursday. Why don't I repost it today? Yeah, and then you can see it, and all your uh, podcasters out there, all, all your listeners can also check it out. It'll, so at CMT Cody, I'll put it up on um, Instagram and and um, okay. And uh, Facebook and stuff and Twitter, hey, so that hey. you guys can check it out. So Tag you follow me. me, and then uh, it'll be it'll be there. Yeah, I'll put it up today. <laughs> Tag me, bro. Okay, tag me. Show me some love, man. <laughs> you got it. Thanks for having me on. By the way, I appreciate it, and thanks for all the kind words. Like I really do. It does mean a lot to me. Yes. Um, so thanks, man. And by the way, if uh, I I make some visits to Nashville, I'm gonna I have a way to yeah. connect with you. I'm gonna look you up if that's okay. I'd love I'd to love come it. see CMT sometime. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you the full tour. We can uh, have some uh, uh, drinks down on Broadway. Let's do it, and, man. Uh, enjoy the honky tonks and some country music. So really on. quick, uh, it's it's at CMT Cody on what Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, right? All of the above. I'm on all the socials at CMT Cody and uh, cmtcody.com as well on. Uh, on the uh, on the internet, the website. Yeehaw. All right, Cody. Hey, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you.